James Lauren with the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. A great guest tonight. Have you ever tried to learn biblical Greek? Well, tonight's your night. Uh, one of the world's experts, that is for sure, Dr. David Allen Black has joined us. He's been the professor of New Testament and Greek at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary since 1998, and he has a reputation of streamlining Greek so everyone can learn. So welcome to the program, Dr. Black. Thank you. You know, Greek is easy. It's just us professors who get in the way. I don't know about that. It looks like a daunting task, nevertheless, to learn biblical Greek. So I have to ask you, is there a certain personality type or intellect uh, in people that can pick up Greek better than others, or can everybody learn just as easily? If I can learn Greek, anybody can. And uh, I see my goal, Michael, as a teacher, not so much to disseminate information, which the student can get, you know, from textbooks, but just to come alongside and encourage and motivate them. I find engineering students do really well in the language, and and, uh, math students do really well, and musical students do very well. But anybody can learn it, no matter what level of aptitude you have. It just takes a hardworking student and a motivated student. Yes, and it seems like Sunday morning, when people are in the pews, they are fed one or two words of Greek, and that's kind of our daily appetite or our Greek vitamin. Uh, How do you feel about that? Whenever the pastor says, and the word in the Greek means the red flag ought to go up, because as I said, Greek words do not have a single meaning. They have many multiple meanings. A classic example of this would be in John 21. Remember that passage where Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? And he uses agapao, and then Peter answers with, I love you, phileo, and then Jesus says, no, do you agapao me? And Peter says, I phileo you, and then Jesus says, Jesus changes his verb the third time, says, do you phileo me? And Peter says, you know that I love you. In that context, there's really no case for making a strong difference of meaning between Agapal and Phileo. Just like in verse 17, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Did you know there were two Greek, different Greek verbs there? And nobody makes a big deal out of it, because one of the stylistic peculiarities of John is he likes to use synonymous words synonymously in order to avoid what authors call redundancy. See, Dr. Black, this is the reason we had you on the program here tonight, because what are the benefits, really, of learning Biblical Greek uh, for the layperson as well as the uh, seminary student? And I'm sure that's what really kind of gets you going there. It is so exciting for me to be able to pass the baton on to the next generation, watch their excitement, as they begin to teach a new generation of pastors and pastors in the making the benefits of knowing Greek, you know, for doing serious exegesis of the Biblical text. Some people are going to say, Dr. Black... It's already been translated. All these wonderful scholars and commentaries, uh, the Bible that we have, why would we need to even learn Biblical Greek? It's already been done. Your answer? My answer to that is it is precisely because there are so many English translations available today, and none of them agree with each other. Now it is more incumbent upon you than ever to be able to have access to the original text to check the accuracy of the translations that you're using. And so that's the exciting thing. It allows you to test the accuracy of the commentators, to test the accuracy of your Bible translations, and it begins, Michael, if you will, to begin to wean yourself over sometimes our over-slavish dependence upon the so-called scholars and the so-called experts, and allows you to have a personally enriching and a personally rewarding encounter with the text itself. You know, the text, the Bible wasn't written in English. (laughs) It was written in Greek and in Hebrew, and you read it in those languages, it just comes alive to you, and you see nuances in the text that just are sometimes masked in even our most literal English translations. Okay, so now let's turn our attention to culture. Do you think there was a direct impact, or what do you think the impact was of the Greek culture on Judaism and its language? 
Well, <clears throat> I think sometimes the distinction is overdrawn, okay, that, that, that Judaism is more a practical religion and Greek was more philosophical religion, religion. We have to remember that all the authors of the New Testament were Jews, okay, and even Luke possibly was, was, was as well. So we have a Jewish mindset writing in the Greek language, okay? Then that explains, uh, among another, among many things, the fact that in the New Testament we have a lot of what we call Semitism, okay? So in Matthew's Gospel, he speaks of the kingdom of heaven. Luke speaks of the kingdom of God. And in fact, Matthew never wrote the kingdom of heaven. If you look at the Greek, it says the kingdom of the heavens. The word heaven is plural. What's going on there? Well, in the Hebrew language, there's no singular word for heaven. <laughs> it's shamayim. It's plural. And so here's a man who is, he is thinking in what language? He's thinking in Hebrew, but he's writing in what language? And so what we have are Jews who are brought up in a Jewish culture, communicating in a, in a, in a second language, if you will. And so, in order to study the Bible, you have to really have both languages. You have to both have both the Hebrew and the Greek. And in fact, I, I read my, my Hebrew New Testament all the time. You say Hebrew New Testament? Yes. I have two versions of the Hebrew New Testament, especially in the Gospels. I like to see pretty close to what Jesus was saying, because even though his words were recorded in Greek, he, he, he wasn't teaching in Greek. He was teaching in either Hebrew or Aramaic. And occasionally we get a glimpse of the original, right? Eli, Eli, Lama, Zabachthani, or Talitha, Kumi. But, but most of the time, what he said was translated into Greek. But if you really want to see what we call the Semitic substratum uh, in the Gospels, and often it's very useful to study Hebrew. <laughs> so both languages are indispensable. Yeah, and a lot of people who are listening to this, they're wondering when they first began the broadcast, why bother studying biblical Greek? I hope now that they're beginning to understand it's becoming a little more crystal clear, the benefits of that. Well, I have a book of yours. It's called Learn to Read New Testament Greek. And it has uh, easy-to-understand charts. Of course, there's a lot of work in it where you have to go through the words and the variations of the words. And so I want to ask you this question, okay? Uh, if you don't rely on commentaries, can you give us an example of a translation just from learning biblical Greek? One of the neat things about studying Greek is you get to see the emphasis that's in the original text, which is often masked in your English translations, no matter how literal they are, okay? So in the beginning was the message, Okay. The message, and the message was in the very presence of God, enjoying intimate communion with God, and it was God Himself that the message was. N R K ain halagas, kai halagas ain pros pantheon, kai theos ain halagas. And the other thing we need to remember, I think, Michael, is that the New Testament was intended to be heard and not read. All reading in the first century was reading out loud. You saw that, in fact, until the fourth century, there was no such thing as a silent enjoyment of reading. And so we're talking about an oral culture, an oral society. And that's the other thing about learning Greek. You get to hear the Greek. You get to hear the alliteration, the paranomasia, the rhetorical devices that the authors use in order to increase the impact and appeal of their message upon the audience. And so there's this rhetorical dimension of language that is also lost in translation. So there's just so many reasons. I mean, where do I stop? There's just so many reasons to study the Greek of the New Testament. Dr. Black, now I understand that you grew up in Hawaii. So I imagine that that affected you in some way as far as your interest in language or different cultures, and, and certainly how did it affect your uh, love for Greek? So I grew up in a culture that was extremely ethnically diverse, and I tell you where I live today, I really miss that. I really miss the ethnic diversity and the melting pot ideal that we had in Hawaii, where all the different cultures mixed together, got along together, and part of that, part of that was we all spoke the same patois, we all spoke the same creole. And I think you have the same phenomenon going on in the period of the New Testament. God is arranging the world in such a way 
that the whole world was united around one language. Paul wrote his letter to the Romans, their Latin speakers, in what language? In Greek, because he expected to be understood. All right, so now let's get back to the church and get back to the pastors, where sometimes we're sitting there on Sundays and we don't understand everything, and it's uh, maybe too simplistic or maybe uh, not simplistic enough, but either way, uh, the benefits of going into the Greek words. Is it there for the pastors? I mean, are they putting the time in that they really need to study biblical Greek? It's just not there, and that's what is so amazing about the languages. The amazing thing about the languages is they equip you and empower you to have that depth so that your teaching is not from the canteen of Saturday night, it's from a reservoir of Bible knowledge. Learning Greek is, is the most exciting thing you can do because, as I say, it allows you to get into the text for yourself, and it begins to wean you from your dependence upon the so-called experts. And all of us experts can be wrong. We have been wrong. Yes, and you've gotten past the intimidation factor, that's for sure. A lot of people would think they can be wrong, and they trust the commentaries, but you certainly have challenged us tonight, Dr. Black. Um, I have the book once again. It's Learn to Read New Testament Greek, and it certainly will uh, finish where you have uh, left off here. And what if people want to get a hold of you? Obviously, there might be some people out there that are very inspired, and they want to get on the the biblical Greek uh, horse. Uh, What do they do? Uh, they go to Day Black online. There's my email address is there. And I, I field questions all the time from complete strangers about Greek. If they want to order the DVDs, they can order through the Greek portal. And um, we'd be happy to help in any way we can. An insightful interview with Dr. David Allen Black. And once again, he's the professor of New Testament and Greek at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary since 1998. He's also known as one of the leading Greek scholars in the world. It was a fascinating time. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you so much.